Welcome to episode one of the Truth Quest podcast, where we will, 15 to 20 minutes at a time, relentlessly pursue the truth in the areas of politics, public policy, economics, and Christianity. My name is Sean Brodoff, and I will serve as your Truth Quest guide. I have been studying the first three topics for almost 30 years, and Christian apologetics for about 10. As my studies progressed, I noticed a similar pattern in all of these areas a resistance to the truth. Rather than pursue the truth, some people prefer to stick their heads in the sand, cover their eyes and ears, anything to avoid facing the truth. They will make straw man arguments, spew talking points, name call those who disagree with them, and sometimes outright lie. My intention with this podcast is to uncover the truth. I love the analogy that truth is like a vaccination. It vividly describes what the truth does for those who seek it. It prevents us from being infected with foolishness. It inoculates us from falling for empty rhetoric and emotional claims. It provides clarity and encourages us to seek both sides of an argument. This obsessive seeking of the truth allows us to follow the evidence wherever it may lead. In the pursuit of the truth, we are going to do some myth-busting and hopefully provide you with a different perspective on some issues. Mainstream news outlets tend only to go about two inches deep on most of these subjects, which is about how far the average person is willing to go. Unfortunately, depending on the outlet's, shall we say, perspective, you rarely get a complete story. When you watch or read a liberal outlet's take on an issue, you get that perspective, and vice versa. Here in the United States, its most obvious manifestations is in the the coverage of average national politics. Depending on which outlet you are using, you get quite a different perspective on Bush, Romney, McCain, and Trump than you would on Gore, Kerry, Obama, and Clinton. On the TruthQuest podcast, we will search for the truth, not an affirming perspective. So this podcast is my small attempt to expose fraudulent thinking, to ask tough questions, to probe both sides of an argument to distill the arguments down and try to determine what the truth really is. We will run arguments through what I call the truth quest filter. Envision the arguments as a cup of water. We pour the water into a filter, the truth quest filter. What gets caught in the filter is all the lies, deception, and fraud. And what comes out on the other end is truth. I want to filter out all the BS from political, economic, public policy, and attacks against Christianity. So I have two audiences in mind when I produce these podcasts. Number one, for those of you who have similar beliefs to me, I want to give you food for thought or ammunition to bolster your arguments. I want to help you go out into the world and more confidently express your opinions and beliefs to your sphere of influence. Because what I've found over the years is most people are not able to articulate why they believe what they believe, or they're too timid to call people out for fear of being yelled at, or called out themselves. One thing I hate to hear is someone who says something like, well, I know X, Y, and Z is wrong, but I don't know enough really to argue with someone about it. My goal is to give you enough to challenge foolishness, or at the very least, share the episode with them. And the second episode is the skeptic. So for those of you who disagree with the arguments I set forth, I want to put a pebble in your shoe, or become a mild irritant. I plan to accomplish this by forcing them to answer questions about their beliefs. Again, I am relying on the same assumption that most people do not know why they believe what they believe. 
It's often emotionally based, not logical or based on facts. This podcast will not allow skeptics to dismiss what is said with the wave of a hand and the all-too-often name-calling. I anticipate the majority of the episodes to be evergreen, meaning the topics covered and the arguments made will be just as valid a year from now as they are 10 years down the road. As often as possible, I will use the prompting of a current event to dictate what topics we discuss. So, who am I? And why should you listen to what I have to say? Well, in addition to studying these topics for decades, I have found that one of my God-given talents is the ability to synthesize information from multiple sources and make sense of it. It's similar to the law school training where students are taught to identify the singular issue after reading a complex case study. That's what I'm good at. I'm a truth seeker, and I'm not an ideologue. I'm a truth seeker, not an agenda ratifier. I'm not afraid of the truth. I seek it. I believe in healthy skepticism. If you can prove to me that raising the minimum wage would solve the problems of the working poor, I would be an advocate for it. If you could prove to me that the constitutionally restricting the rights of law-abiding gun owners would make society safer, I would be an advocate. If you could tell me that the United States Constitution empowers the federal government to educate our kids, I might be for it. So, that's who I am. What am I not? I am not an academic. I'm not an intellectual, a professor, a member of some fancy think tank. I'm a longtime corporate America warrior, senior serial entrepreneur, author, business coach, and consultant. I'm largely self-taught in all these areas. I've been writing about most of these issues since the uh, Kerry and Bush election. In 2010, I published my third book, called Critical Thinking, The Lost Art of Critical Thinking and Common Sense in Politics and Public Policy. It is through this lengthy process of articulating my positions on these topics that I arrive at this point today. So, when I reflect back on what ultimately pushed me to launch this podcast, it was largely due to my distaste in the level of discourse in these arenas economics, public policy, politics, and Christianity. I'm particularly bothered by people who are confident advocates for their position, while at the same time displaying a lack of intellectual curiosity and or by ignoring evidence. I detest intellectual dishonesty, propaganda, and the refusal to answer questions. I hate double standards, duplicity, and hypocrisy. It's like false advertising. It's fraudulent. And one of the things I'm going to talk about over and over again throughout these podcasts are what I call the dirty half dozen. As I contemplated the topics I intended to cover on this podcast, I recognized six recurring themes or behaviors exhibited by skeptics. So these are the six that I call the dirty half dozen. Two of the themes are captured in a quote by Winston Churchill when he said, The truth is incontrovertible. Malice may attack it. Ignorance may deride it. But in the end, there it is. So the first member of the dirty half dozen is malice or name calling. So in my book, Critical Thinking, I wrote a chapter called Your Mama. Because back when I was growing up, that was the worst or the best comeback you could use when you're arguing with somebody. You would just say your mama. It's name calling. So enemies of the truth, those who cannot participate in free, open, and honest debate, often resort to name calling, violence, or coercion in order to combat their foes. 
So we're going to talk about that. The second member of the dirty half dozen is ignorance. So one of the things that drives me absolutely bonkers is watching or listening to people who make strenuous arguments despite the fact that they obviously lack any command of the facts. We're going to talk about ignorance. The third member of the dirty half dozen is emotional arguments or bias. So I've noticed that people often use phrases like I feel or I think when advocating for their positions. And while feeling and thinking are good things in and of themselves, they are not effective tools of persuasion. When people preface their opinions with, I feel, they do not understand that they have doomed their argument before it even starts. I don't really care how you feel about abortion. What do you know about it? Here we will deal with facts, not feelings. That doesn't mean we're uncaring, callous, or heartless. It simply means that, like Detective Joe Friday from Dragnet used to say, just the facts. We are truth detectives here. The fourth member of the dirty half dozen is the stiff arm. So for those of you who aren't sports fans, a stiff arm is most mostly used in football when the ball carrier is running with the ball, someone tries to tackle them, they stiff arm, put their hand right on their face mask or on their chest, and push them down. There's a phenomenal quote by Greg Kokel, a Christian apologetic, that articulates this beautifully. One is, if someone is determined to stick to biases instead of facts, then there is not much I have to say to him. He is stumbling over an obstacle he has placed in the way himself. Another Kokel quote that, that captures the stiff arm is, intellectual honesty requires us to consider all the relevant evidence, not just that which squares with our presupposed worldview. These people are resistant to the truth because it conflicts with their preconceived bias in a particular area. Rather than listen to and evaluate an argument on its merits, they dismiss it outright. For example, atheists often start out with, presupp with the presupposition that there's no such thing as miracles, no supernatural events, no resurrection, etc. So it's difficult for them to consider anything that conflicts with those views. Similarly, People with liberal-leaning or progressive political views start out with presuppositions that the government is innately good, uh, and that people are largely incapable of making decisions for themselves. Some of them, a large majority of them, feel like America is not really a great place. They believe globalism is good. A lot of them think that rich people are bad and business owners exploit their workers. And, of course, Republicans are evil. So the lens with which they evaluate political and public policy debates is skewed. In both cases, these folks have a bias. Rather than evaluating the facts, they put on blinders. This allows them to dismiss any argument that contradicts their worldview. What we are dealing with are truthophobes. They are either unwilling or afraid of facing anything that is in opposition to their worldview. The fifth member of the dirty half dozen is propaganda, lies, and deception. So you see this behavior all the time from politicians. They say one thing while running for office and do another when they get there. They promise to reduce spending, but the government grows under their watch. They promise that health insurance costs will decrease and tell you that if you like your doctor, you can keep it. They tell us that they will keep us out of war. They promise no new taxes. High-ranking officials lie to Congress with no consequences. Presidential candidates have illegal personal email servers, lie about it with no consequences. Meanwhile, government agencies routinely manipulate economic data to suit whoever is in office at the time. 
lies, propaganda, deception. And the final member of the Dirty Half Dozen is the drawing of arbitrary lines. So depending on the topic, skeptics will often draw arbitrary lines in the sand as a way of demonstrating their quote-unquote flexibility. This is most evident in regards to topics like abortion, like when does life begin, and at what week is it okay to abort the pregnancy, uh, minimum wage is another where this happens, global warming, immigration, gun control, etc. When it comes to many of the topics we will discuss in this podcast, you will find that there is a fine line between ignorance and stupidity. And you will find that many of these topics complement each other, or many of these tactics complement each other. Consider how name-calling, malice, ignorance, the stiff arm, and propaganda are used in concert. So I recently heard Ted Nugent on the Joe Rogan podcast. He defines stupidity as guarding your ignorance. He went on to explain that ignorance can be remedied by study and research, and therefore he insinuated that stupidity is purposeful, and that is exactly what many people do when it comes to public policy and political arguments. They guard or protect their ignorance with the stiff arm and name-calling. Then they purposely fill the world with propaganda, lies, and deception. My thought process has always led me to the idea of a higher purpose. One of my favorite pastors is Andy Stanley from North Point Community Church in Georgia. He has often posed the question, what would the world be like if all two billion Christians around the world behave like Christians are called to behave? I want to pose a similar question to you in regards to the contents presented in this podcast. What would the country or the world be like, depending on the topic, if everyone was guided by the truth, if they sought the truth, armed themselves with the truth, thought critically, were better informed, asked lots of questions, had high standards, and held their elected officials to that standard. The TruthQuest podcast will be bound by the truth, not to talking points. And if you ever suspect that I am straying from this mantra, you are obligated to call me out. As Lieutenant Caffey, played by Tom Cruise in the movie A Few Good Men, said during his iconic cross-examination of Colonel Jessup, played by Jack Nicholson, said, I want the truth. This was followed by the famous line by Nicholson, you can't handle the truth. So the question to you is, can you handle the truth?